Welcome back to System and Trivia, the podcast where anything goes. This is Brent. Fail. Apparently I can't play when another window is recording. <laughs> and I'm Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was J-Thon. He was gonna, <laughs> during the pre-show, he God wanted damn to it. test out mono Everything recording. is ruined. Because <laughs> normally I just down mix him to mono from stereo. And he's like, you know what? Like, I'll, I'll try recording a mono. So he tried, and he said, like, this is a test of the emergency alert system or whatever it was. But when he played it back through the microphone, so we could hear it, I don't know why he did that, like, because he can't... <laughs> Unless you have distinct, distinctly different content in the two different stereo channels, idiot. you're not going to tell the difference if it's stereo or mono. The human ear can't right. do that. What? 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 I think there's a delay. So, like... What? So we were like, Jathan, like... What are you doing? And then we don't hear him say anything, but we just hear like this real echoey. This is a test of the emergency. <laughs> and it sounded like it was being broadcast over the loudspeakers at a warehouse or something. It sounded too authentic. Because he kept looping it too. <laughs> oh gosh. Good times. Good times. Uh, fuck you, Audacity, you piece of shit. That's not Audacity, that's your audio driver. It's definitely, you know what it is. That's your audio driver, not, not doing multiplexing, right? Well, no, he didn't read the docs. Oh, you didn't read the docs. Do <laughs> didn't read the docs. Blow my fucking brains out. Now, maybe you, or you could just start reading the docs. There's, it's not a, that, it's not a Sophie's Choice here. So what's been going on, guys? What's been happening? Uh... uh, uh you guys fucking Tina? <laughs> Who the fuck's Tina? From Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Oh, oh shit, yeah, that's right. That's what I thought you meant. By the way, there was a great little bit on Archer where mm-hmm. he was in the same Oh, I saw that, yeah. Shop or whatever, and it was all the same actors, actresses, or actors and actresses. Well, it's, but they're both what's even funnier, right, he, yeah. he does, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Anyway, I got a new network rack. Mm-hmm. And I have POE hats for two of my Raspberry Pis, and it's really slick looking. Hmm. Why do you need that? Why? Yeah. What is your use case for my Raspberry Pis? Do, do you guys know that Patrick Warburton, the guy who voiced Brock on Venture Brothers, did you know he was in an M and M's commercial? No. What yes. does that have to do with literally anything? <laughs> yes, I need that. Cartoon Network, Jathan, or Adult Swim, more accurately. Jathan. To answer your question, are you asking about the pies or the POE hat? The POE hat for the pies. I but understand so, you could use a Raspberry Pi for a variety of things. It's so I don't have to have a power cable going to them because I feel like that's the only downside to a Raspberry Pi is the power on the side. I mean, not the only downside, it, but it's the most apparent one for sure. The, it, for me, it's the most glaring. For your thing. use, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Like, it's the one uh, thing that I look at. I'm like, why? What's the matter, Jathan? Same way when I look at Jason. That's just such a stupid complaint. You know what? You're a stupid complaint. Whatever. Your mom's a stupid complaint. No. Uh I'm getting some echo. Somebody's somebody's echoing. What? There's not a delay. What? 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 Hey, Jathan. Hey, (laughs) Jathan. It's happening when other people are talking to. We're on air right now. (laughs) It's happening when other people are talking to. I don't know what to tell you. We don't hear anyway, it. Anyway, I got a new own. I got a new network. I got it to 12U desktop. And I put that in quotes because I guess it's supposed to be like a thing where if you have it on your desk, you can like play with all you can. I just call them quarter whatever. cabs. 
whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's it's a two post open air blah blah blah, and it, it does the job very well. It mm-hmm. Looks nice. Damn, they're pretty yeah. cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was like forty five bucks, and then I got a shelf for it. How it much weight can it hold though? Seventy five pounds, sixty mm. pounds, something like that. Which oh, is, that's. I mean, not gonna I, do it for me. Why about they're having twelve slots, twelve racks? Yeah, if you can only hold like seventy five pounds. Well, it's meant to hold. Network you know, equipment. It's uh, no network equipment. It's not a server class yeah. thing. They make a heavy oh, duty one here. Let's see what this one does. Yeah, they have other ones that you can buy that are. Welcome know, to Shop Administrivia. Welcome to Racking Administrivia. Yeah. Rack them and stack them, baby. You rack them, we stack them. Show us your tits. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. Just happened. I don't know where. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I did, and I also got. I know, like he just jumps right back into it. I know they're yeah. kind of lame, but I bought some blue Cat Six cables that are like kind of the thin wire, the really thin wire ones. Mm. Oh, and like the flat they're, kind. They're, they're not flat. They're a very small wire. Hmm. So instead of the thick wire that you normally get, they're very thin wire. And I know there's like you know uh, whatever the conduction on it, but they're oh they're like short. not cat like cat like straight Cat Six for spec kind of stuff. Not without I, the I shielding guess. or okay or the spine. I can send you a link to what I bought if, you, right, if yeah, you'd yeah. like. So, so you I mean, I'm, I'm not. I have. I, I want to see because I don't spool. understand. I have a whole fucking spool of Cat Six Eight, you know, FSTP. I would like so to I get. I would like to get a whole spool. I need to sit down and do save it up. <laughs> they're yeah, like, they're yeah, like yeah, 300, yeah. 500 bucks. Well, I don't. Yeah, Here, but I'll they have fantastic shielding, and you can wire your whole house, so it's worth it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Jathan, what's been going on with you? Dude, nothing I can talk about. What do you mean nothing you can talk about? Well, I mean, I... We uh, released for two weeks, so you should be able to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I wrote a new blog post. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that I wrote it wrong. Good job. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I wrote a post about using a Vault PKI to back... OpenVPN. OpenVPN. Yep. Yeah. And I honestly, I am fine admitting when I make a mistake. So here I am. Well, uh, I did not fully. I, I did not fully <laughs> understand. He didn't understand why uh, KU and EKU are important. Well, key, I thought I understood it sufficiently. <laughs> to quote a oh, throwback. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that there are some. This isn't a surprise to me, but I didn't know that they were very particular. So some applications will not be properly set up to. Use Validate, SSL certs. Use, yes. yes, they do, they don't do as much validation and checking as they should. Mm-hmm. So, admittedly, I've gotten in the bad habit of not always checking like the extended key attributes and stuff like that mm-hmm. of or key usage is the, the technical term. By the way, cert parser will display those yes, for you with the it does. with the verbose. So plan. does OpenSSL. Right. Sure. If you just type dash, what is it? Dash properties. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. So I wrote a blog post detailing how to set up an OpenVPN server backed by Vault PKI. I left out some important details about the security of the actual certs. Mm-hmm. It worked fine without them, to be clear. Right. But it was not the most secure thing that I could have done. They were open so, to in the middle attacks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. So Brent uh, kindly pointed this out to me and pointed I me towards kindly, some, but... Well, he was an asshole, but he <laughs> had a long week. Yeah. Really fucking long <laughs> week. <laughs> 
Anyway, so I fixed that. I've updated the post. I added a note at the top that says I edited the post, mm-hmm. and I specifically point out some resources that talk about OpenVPN security. There you go. So if you're going to follow my blog post, make sure you read those additionally. So that's the one thing I worked on. I also I published a YouTube video. I think I talked about it in the last episode. I published the YouTube video about building an Arch installer with ZFS kernel modules and shit. Mm-hmm. And specifically, you can get into a situation with Arch where the kernel is updated, but the ZFS modules are not yet built for the latest kernel. And so when you try to build an Arch installer using Arch ISO, you're going to get an error that says they don't match. So I walk you through in the video how to make sure that you're getting a match regardless of that situation being the case or not. Mm. So essentially, in your pacman.conf, you can specify a server line for all your repositories that point at the Arch Linux archive. So as long as you point at the Arch Linux archive for the date that corresponds with the last ZFS, uh, Arch ZFS Linux release, they should always compile and build fine and everything's great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. So the reason that I obviously did that is because, as I talked about last time, I'm going to be uh, working on a couple of new videos about building or, or installing Arch on ZFS But more generally, after I do that, I'm going to just be talking about ZFS in general for people who might not be super familiar with it, like ZFS basics. I'm going to talk about basic snapshotting and replication and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, you know, in particular, so these videos, you know, they are meant to help people. And of the videos I published on YouTube, actually, the Arch installer with the ZFS kernel modules, that's the most watched video I have. So I think it is a bit of a hot topic right now. Now listen, when you keep refreshing it, that just adds views. That does, that's not other people watching that, okay? I don't okay, think but I still that. have to watch it every day to make sure it's still good. <laughs> what? Do you want to plug your channel? Well, the hard thing is, so when you add a brand account to a main account, it doesn't give you like a vanity domain. Mm. So what I was thinking of doing, though, is just setting something up like youtube.jthan.io so you could find it easily. Oh, so but either was yeah. Okay. Either way, though, I can still obviously send you obviously. a link that you can put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I guess I'd like to plug it. Okay. Yeah, just give I me mean, a the, link. I'll put it in the show notes. The name is Jthan, but it's obviously there's other Jthans yeah, on YouTube. That. Yeah. Did you ever find out who the guy was that, that took Jthon.com or whatever? Oh, I didn't find out who he was. Mm. More so, his site has looked exactly the same since <laughs> I've ever looked. And I'm going to link to it right now in the host chat so you can see what the fuck it is. It's literally been like this for the last, like, fucking ten oh years. Yep, yep. Sounds about right. Fucking asshole. Still mad about that. Well, there's also, if you ever go look at twitter.com slash jthan, <laughs> one person oh, joined in... that was what De- it was. Yeah. That's what it was. One person in December 2008 joined Twitter, tweeted mm-hmm. one time, waking up, comma, you, question mark? i apparently he was not awake for long (laughs) yeah i i'm not waking up i've actually been awake thanks yeah yeah anyway so yeah i've been working on publishing some content what i was trying to say before and kind of lost in my sentence was i am just trying to build out a bit of a public portfolio of sorts yeah Hmm. it's good fair enough yeah it's good good stuff dude yeah, I've just been working my ass off because one of our providers fucked us over. So I've been ah, that's great. rebuilding servers. And that's fun. No, it's not. I fucking hate life right now. So yeah. I'm going to be pretty low energy this episode because I've gotten nine hours of sleep over the past three days. So, yeah. But 
you know, it's taken care of. Everything's sorted out now, so I can finally get a good night's sleep tonight. All right, well, I'll come talk to you when we're done. Don't That's you great. fucking dare. That's great. Glad to hear that you got it all sorted. Yeah, good, yeah. Good stuff, dude. Oh, never mind. Ooh? What? I just didn't know if you were at liberty to discuss any of the details of what you've been working on. For work? What? Yeah. Mm. You know, that's a good question. I don't think I can. Oh, that. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll save it then. We'll see. Yeah. We'll probably talk about it at some point in the future when it's not contextualized. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. And the best part about that is, like, people will never know what it was. Right. Because, like, it could be the next episode, it could be five episodes from now, and they won't know. They won't, like, oh, well, that's that's, <laughs> what, that's what it was. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> you just got to guess. And I'm not telling I you if you're right or wrong. We're going to vague book this all day long. <laughs> that's going to drive someone out there nuts, not knowing that. You assholes. Can't believe you guys would do that to us. <laughs> Why would you do that to your loyal fans? By the way, shout out to A Mayor. Yeah. And Nosbig. And Clams Maloney. Don't leave him out. And Clams. Shout and out to uh, our four fans. He, does he even listen? And shout Clams. Shout out to all of shout our Shout out to fans. my wife. My all wife five listens. Of you. She listens oh. to every episode. Oh, shout out to Peyton. <laughs> you know what? Shout out Peyton. to Mayor Damasi. You don't, you don't need to shout out each other. You're literally right here. Yeah, but I don't know when he's going to listen to it, and I want to make sure he knows he's, I'm thinking about he's him. He's here. <laughs> he's right here, Jaython. Just say hey. Yeah, but he's not—he's not gonna be right here when he listens to it in three weeks. He's actually probably will be. I'll be sitting in my chair. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah. He's gonna still be here. He's doing like a Warcraft way, just Warcraft way, just like have us on in the background or something. No lie, we turn our Alexa on, and my wife will listen to the the podcast of the Alexa. She what? She'll listen to the podcast. Oh, from she, our, okay. Our Echo. Oh, you know my wife has a. Has one. Or she could she would want to do that. You know, as much as they're like a huge security risk, yeah, yeah. they are also very convenient. Yeah, that's for a lot of things. It's true. So she, Wait, you let an echo on your home network. Oh, no, I have a VLAN. I have a special Internet of Things VLAN. So, okay, but it's still on your network. I mean, yeah, but it's not gonna get anywhere important on the network. All it's going to do is be able to comp the other Chromecasts. You need to clam down, okay? Yeah, clam, Jay. Clam, clam, sir, I need you to clam down. I, I right. do it in the best possible way you can do it. Okay. I mean, maybe the best way would just not have it, but, you know. Yeah. At what point, Jathan, do you sacrifice accessibility? Oh, I mean, I have one too, but same boat as you, it's a VLAN. Yeah, right? you're fine if it's VLAN. As yeah. long as your I feel pretty okay with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. I was thinking of getting her a Nest, though, so she can operate the Chromecast hands-free, because she does, like, a lot of painting. So, so. I just I would like mine on my open Wi-Fi network. It's it's just, a, you know, an open network. I just have the password. It says, it says the hack wor- me now. <laughs> my Wi-Fi's password is just password. <laughs> the passphrase is just The real password. question I have is... It really doesn't matter what it is. I mean, <laughs> you know, realistically, someone's... You're going to know when someone's in your driveway trying to hack your Wi-Fi, you know. No, Cantanas, It's like you're in an apartment complex, you know. Cantanas. That's how you do it. So wait, 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 question. Answer. Would you ever get like a Nest thermostat? Mm Mm-mm. I don't think so. I don't see the use of that. Well, I like like some of the features. I actually had one in my apartment. How often do you need to adjust the thermostat and how sensitive are you to the temperature in your house? I don't have central cooling. Oh, well, we do, and we adjust it fairly regularly. Mm. You know, especially my favorite feature, honestly, is just like when you're not home, it just turns itself off. 
Right. So you don't even have to think about it. Oh, the problem is, Jathan, I work from home all the time. Yeah, so you're never yeah. not so I'm home. always home. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. the, Although, the whole like, thing is... Even really dumb thermostats. I have, like, I have just a regular old dumb thermostat on my, uh, on my boiler for the winter, and that, you know, you can program that in. So it's not that big a deal, but... Program what in? Time? Yeah. No, but this actually senses you're not home. Uh, whatever. There's a thing. I, 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 listen, I, before we get into IoT and mass trivia. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah we, we, I, I mean, we realistically, we could argue about this for an hour. We haven't even talked about what we're drinking tonight. You're right. It's Guys, it's 18 minutes in. Fuck it. A lot. Thank you for the segue, Hayden. You're welcome. What are you drinking? I'm going to go Coke. first this time. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's my turn to go first, and I know that you tried to cut you me off once. You go first every and now, time. That's right, every time. That's my one mother, thing. Mother bitch ass <laughs> cock stain. Bacardi, but in case al- you're wondering. But he always lets you go first. Uh-huh. That was rude. That you was should apologize rude. to your papa. Jathan. Fucking right you should. Emperor. <laughs> He's just emperor, baby. dead silent. <laughs> uh, Jathan, uh, did you drop over. I no. Think draw- oh, uh, he's just being sassy. I just won't be coerced. <laughs> you won't be coerced. There's nothing I, to be sorry for. I have diet DP. <laughs> just plain? Diet Dr. Pepper, okay. Yeah, just plain. And sorry, Jathan, what are you drinking? I didn't hear you. I, I have no idea what you're drinking. I'm drinking rum and coke. Oh, rum and coke, okay. Yeah, Bacardi. Mm, specifically. Okay, I'm drinking water. We bought... Um, I'm updating my laptop right now, and I see the little Pac-Man symbol go by eating the um, little um, things. Um, um, that's my that's my favorite little Easter. Oh, uh, the porch. I love candy one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a mint plant on our porch. That's quite explosive. Porch. You don't want to eat mint plants by themselves. That's fine. You can do that, but the also you can, because we while, have all that mint, we bought Bacardi so we could make mojitos. Mm. mojitos. The side effect of that is that it's very easy to make rum and coke. <laughs> You just Duh. skip the mint tea. If you have rum in your house, right? Yeah, it's very easy. And if you have rum, and you coke also in your need house, coke. It's very well. So, Jathan, have the do we need to have the cocaine talk again? Cocaine is not good for I'm you. I'm pretty sure okay? we already had that on air once. The last episode, yeah. Do we need? To no, have not it again? the last episode. We did. We talked about coke last episode. Cocaine. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Maybe that wasn't on air. I'll I'll bring it up later. <laughs> okay. Oh wait. Oh. Oh yeah, her. Yeah, no, we talked about her on the, on air before. Okay. Yeah, she's talking about cocaine girl. Uh, if you, yeah, if we have any. You'll have to go back and look for her. Long term listeners. Hey, what sh- happened, whatever happened to Meth Cat, by the way? Oh, he's still kicking. He just doesn't do live know? with me anymore. Well, I, I see photos of him on Instagram. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't your cat. No, it wasn't my cat. It was see, Aaron's. I thought it was your cat. Mm-mm. That's interesting. Interesting. No, it was. Aaron's. Did you like him? Meth Cat. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was chill. He was cool. He was, he was just, he always smelled, though. I, I miss Meth Cat. Yeah. That's such a good name for a cat. Because he, he was is. a methed out cat, man. Like He was methed out, dude. So wait, what do you, what are you nice drinking, though. Brent? Yeah, I'm what drinking, are you drinking water. Wrong? But good news, guys. My trace, last day of my trace, September 15th. So then I'll be able to drink after that again. Great. But will you? Yeah, probably. I got, I, dude, I have so much fucking rum in this house. Got that cracking. Anyone wants to drink? Yeah. You should drink it all of it. All at once? Are you trying to yes. get You also have that hospital? bourbon I got you. I have the bourbon. Yep, bourbon's sitting right next to me. Oh, he why keeps you, it why close. Why you send me bourbon, Jaython? Because you didn't buy a house. I did buy a you house. You did. You bought a house a long time ago. You never well, a long time ago. I sent Brent a housewarming gift. 
You didn't send me a house warming gift yeah, when I bought my dick. house. He also got what married. You should send, so did he. I got married too. What the fuck? But that was a long time ago. No, it wasn't. It was after I bought my house. <laughs> I think he will have a housewarming wedding warming gift. I think so. Peyton, where's what my Yeti? Uh, Himalayas. In the mail. In the mail. It's in the mail. <laughs> USPS lost it. <laughs> well. You'll see it when you see it. Watch, watch it be like an envelope, and it's all like flattened. Yeah, it's just, just flat. fit in there. He opens it up, just a bunch of parts fall out. <laughs> Look, I didn't promise it would be assembled. Right. But right, you send me the Yeti, and I'll send you a bottle of bourbon. All right. But you don't even drink anymore, so. Sometimes he does. What? All right, guys. What? We're getting I off topic. We're getting off topic. It's like, it's 22 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about what we're talking about tonight. We haven't even mentioned it. Oh, that'll be all right. Okay, guys. We are talking about tech predictions. We're going to predict with absolutely no accountability because we're not "quote unquote" future hmm. what it, tech futurists. They call themselves. We are not the people who predict things. Right. We're just going to kind of make educated we guesses, or sometimes just fucking... totally uneducated guesses, depending. We are morons when it comes to tech. Yeah. Generally speaking. Uh, well, well I mean, no. You know. I mean, it's literally our profession, but you know, like. We're going to be Sorry, reaching far and wide here. We are morons when it comes to tech predictions. Right. Sure. But you know what? So is everyone because humans can't right. fucking like read the future. Right. And a lot of the tech right. futurist shit is dumb. Well, it, it just doesn't okay. come to be. So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big ham radio guy. Mm-hmm. And way back in the early, like, te- 1900 teens, mm-hmm. like, you know, 1912 or so, there was an, a magazine that put a, an image out of people who had uh, antennas on their heads and they were talking about in the future, people will use this communication, this ability to communicate wirelessly or whatever. And it was like so wacky, but also so accurate. So that's, you know, well, uh, you, it gotta, was wacky. you gotta reach for it to be accurate. Like metaphorically, I mean, like, maybe they don't have but... giant antennas on our head. Yes. But and we, you know, and we've we come never. Up with... So that's the thing about like tech predictions, right? And this isn't mm-hmm. part of the discussion I wanted to have because the right, actual right, right. discussion I wanted to have was a lot more lighthearted. But like yeah, yeah, the yeah. problem with futurists is like they make these predictions and they're either way overshadowed by what is actually accomplished with like, you know, in the time frame of their prediction or they're yeah. completely undershadowed. An example. Right. Some technologists predict, predicted in the 80s that everyone would have a car phone. I mean, we all have phones in our back pockets, and technically, yeah, they're in the they're in the car with us. But he would have never expected that they could do that. They're you know more powerful than what we launched a fucking shuttle with, you know. Right, 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 right. But on the other hand, flying cars, intelligent AI, like self aware AI, we don't have these things. We probably, if we had them at all, well, there was the other day. There supposedly was the first test flying car or whatever. But whatever. But like self-aware ai right stuff of science fiction if we have that at all i doubt we ever will but if we do we're talking maybe i want to say 200 years you know like we're still i would that say it's less off. than that i would say it's less than that but I, i'm not a but the point is so. it's 2020 and we're nowhere near that right and people in the 90s well, thought we would be yeah totally well no immersed what the it. jetsons thought 1990 we would be at jupiter flying right flying cars around, yeah yeah you know like you realize when you watch the Jetsons that they're talking about the year nineteen ninety. Right. Yep. 
not like they did 2090 1990 1990 right. and and you know yeah. just keep in mind that like every tech futurist who actually makes a living off that crap like with their pub- publicity or putting out books yeah full of shit total total shams don't bother with it but this is just something right. fun we want to do and see where we think where we think we see things headed because again it's the future nobody can predict the future yeah. but yeah. we think this is the direction it's headed so with that proper disclaimer in place well, who wants to go first oh sorry what about my what about my tip oh your fuck it your tip i'm so what sorry the hell, man? guys i'm so what all, the i am all out of sorts this what week. what the actual i'm motherfucking fuck i'm so out of it this week uh-huh. hayden what's your tip okay so I was browsing the Reddits, mm-hmm. and I come across this uh, really nifty thing. It was on the R coding subreddit, and it's called the Illustrated TLS Connection. Hmm. And I'll include a link so that you can show the fine people what I'm talking about here. But uh, basically, what happens is if you look at it uh, in the link, you click on the very top one where it says Client Hello. Mm-hmm. You can actually click Annotations, and it will drop down and give you every single like little bit about everything. So like the first mm. bit is record header. And so it's TLS sessions or blah, blah, blah. Like, so it's a really fantastic method of really breaking down what happens in a TLS. I wish I connection. fucking knew about this a week ago, because just like two nights ago, I saw someone on Twitter <laughs> saying, I just don't fucking understand how TLS works. And right. I'm like, so this would have been perfect here. for that. It's really, really awesome to just click on like client. Hello. Mm. And then hit the annotations and just drill down. And it goes fairly in depth. You know, you may have a different opinion on that, but I feel like it it breaks it down really well for people who may not have a great idea of what they're looking at for a TLS. Like, I know how, like, I have a general idea of how TLS works. Mm -hmm. This helps me, like, get a better idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, it actually makes me understand what is going on. Well, that's good, because then it contextualizes, like, TLS traffic and Wireshark, for instance. Right, You say, oh, this is exactly exactly what part of this transaction is happening. Yep. Yep. And so, like, you hit client hello, and I'd already hit annotations, and so I had the long thing. But then the service says hello back, and it says, okay, it's going to provide the following. The selected protocol version, server random data, used later in the handshake. The session ID, the selected cipher suite, the selected compression method, a list of extensions. Like, I had no idea that all of that information was in the server hello. Oh, yeah. I knew it had some of that information, but to hear all of that was in that server hello, it makes a lot more sense. Like, okay, now I kind of understand what happens with the TLS connection in this instance. And so Mm. I wanted to relay it to my good friends here that listen to us, and this was my my tip. Cool. So that's a pretty good tip. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. Absolutely. Sathan, you haven't said anything in a while. You want to give your predictions first? Yep. He got to go Are first for the drinking. Well, oh, I mean, yeah, he did kind of, he did kind of gank. Well, up. I don't have to go All first. Right, I a, can. Yeah, we're going to. Peyton, do you want to go first, buddy? Yes. Yes, I want to go first. <laughs> okay, All right, I'll ahead, shut the fuck ahead. up again. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. So my tech predictions mm-hmm. for future tech, incoming tech. The first one I'm going to say is, we already talked about it a little bit, but flying cars. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at like the Jetsons. They're flying around above the clouds. I think it's Jupiter they're actually on. Mm -hmm. We haven't invented the technology yet to really have proper SVTOL capabilities. And Mm -hmm. when I say SVTOL, I mean short or vertical takeoff or landing. And so, I mean, realistically, what we would have to have is some sort of anti-gravity generator Mm. to really have efficient takeoff and landing, like in your driveway, takeoff, 
land in your driveway because otherwise you have to have a you have to have some manner of approach and takeoff and and realistically jet engines the way they are right now we just don't have the full means to work it now there was that japanese car that had a passenger that flew that still looks more like a helicopter than an actual car i digress and it it actually from what i understand it it uses jet thrusters correct so correct correct yeah so again we're not quite there yet Mm -hmm. i feel like we need to move beyond turbines and jets and get to like an actual like anti-gravity generator you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. something that will propel you efficiently up down sideways left right etc for that to be a realism so for us to have that we would either need some sort of like super advanced breakthrough maglev something Mm -hmm. that would demonstrate that you know come into play or aliens have to land and, and show us how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I got to hold out thing, on that alien technology. <laughs> right. My next my next prediction is gig gigabit cell phone service. Okay. So okay. actual gigabit down to your phone and up from your phone. Mm-hmm. Not just down to it because that's probably possible somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. But right now, you can't get gig up no matter what you do. Mm. 16K TVs. Okay. Quadruple that 4K. I feel like and then that's that's the human eye limit, isn't it? And that's assuming you're like right probably. up against the screen. Right. I, I think that... Dude, even 8K, most probably, people probably can't fucking see. Yeah. Yeah. Past yeah, about yeah. a foot, you can't tell the difference between 8K. The 16K right. that's is why... kind of a joke just because of the 8K thing. But, but you know, it's kind of like video people are a lot like audio nerds. Like... Mm-hmm. There is no yeah. discernible human yeah. difference in these technologies yeah. in any well, normal use there's case. There's no difference between 30 and 60 FPS, but people swear there is. Well, a lot of that does depend on like. Right. I honestly thought that the human eye couldn't see more described. than 27 or something, right? It can't really. Not in raw FPS, but a lot of the. It depends on the context of the FPS. Yeah, right. Right. So, right. but yeah, generally speaking, you're, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. But yeah, sorry. Right. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And then my last one, my next, my last tech prediction. I did uh, four here. My last prediction is no bandwidth caps. Hmm. No bandwidth caps. Yep. I mean, I'm on RCN, so I don't have any anyways, but globally? Yeah, but globally. No bandwidth caps globally. Hmm. Definitely interesting, for sure. I mean, we demonstrated when when COVID-19 hit that there was no reason to have it mm-hmm. because all these companies are like, we're going to remove our bandwidth caps. You won't be overcharged if you use X amount. Well, then why was it there and in then, the first place? Yeah. Right. And there were literally no problems with the internet. Now, this throughput entire, caps, entire that like tiered throughput, I should say, that makes sense. Tiered speeds. So Because there yeah, there is I an mean, inherent cost involved in maintaining networks of different speeds. Because it's always more expensive to go the faster route. I mean, that's just because you have tighter controls sure. in manufacturing, sure. all sure. sorts of different reasons. Sure. So that makes sense. But data caps, yeah, that doesn't. That's an artificial. Yeah, it is. It's completely one hundred percent artificial. It's a made up. Maybe like three percent of that goes value. into maintenance costs because you know stuff Maybe. does need to be replaced. But like, yeah, not not often. And then of course there's the you know the guy who's on a you know cell phone connection. He's downloading you know. 100 terabytes a month of <laughs> Linux ISOs, right. you know, like that guy. Yeah. Okay. I see punishing him. Maybe, mm. you know, but 
your average mom who's you know letting her kid watch YouTube on her phone or whatever. I don't. I'm not even sure. I I disagree with punishing him per se, but I use that term very loosely. Yeah, no, I I know you mean like you discouraging would be a better word probably, but I would rather his bandwidth go to someone else who might need it. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, it's not. So that's and, that's and what again, the speed the speed cap right, would be for the throughput, right, right? But I don't. And even then, he doesn't need to have. I don't see limiting him to below dial up. Maybe just you know five megs down mm. or whatever. Like that idea of if you go over your cap, your phone is essentially worthless. As in my opinion, ridiculous. Well, I don't. Well, then we start getting into the discussion on net neutrality. Like, do ISPs get to determine what we should do with the ISP plan we pay for, with the ISP service we pay for? I think the answer I, I is no. No. I think they should not. Like, if you pay not. for, I'm going to use right. Google Fi here as an example, because I do yep. like their model for phone plans, mm. Yep. with one exception, and that is when you hit the max limit in terms of what you can pay for, you also only get 480p video. Mm. Yep. And I, it's just like, of all the companies, I didn't think Google would do that. Yeah, that doesn't... That doesn't now, to be fair... Useful. To be fair. Mm-hmm. To be fair. There's something to be said if they're paying for the bandwidth anyway. Sure. Yeah, which they are, which at is some why point. tiered throughput would help offset that cost. Yeah, but right, yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's. But I don't think it's my ISP's business if I want to download 500 Linux ISOs a month. You know, right? I, so I, I, I agree completely. I'm, I'm a little bit torn it, it on should, that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that you know the limit is, hey, you know, we see that you're watching YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. and if they, why are they know? Why do they know I'm watching YouTube? Mm-hmm. Fine, whatever find out why like you know sure. if i'm streaming youtube constantly there has to be a reason why maybe maybe it's that my kid really likes youtube and he's watching educational bit whatever my point is well it also just to your point there in the day of fucking cable cutting if you want to encourage right, more people to right. pay for your internet and cut cable oh my god then probably Listen, don't limit them like mm-hmm. honestly yeah. so i had mentioned we, it to you guys you know i've been working from home mm-hmm. uh-huh my significant other who lives with me is also now working from home. She's a teacher and she's literally doing eight hours of live lessons a day. Mm-hmm. Like that's all zoom video. too. I think there's a good chance that we're going to hit our Xfinity data cap. And I don't know what's going to happen because I don't want to throw more money. To those fucking assholes. Well, you're gonna, <laughs> God, that's the thing. We do talk, but about you better believe accounting. You, you asked me about it the other day on, on discord, I think in a PM or yeah, DM, yeah. excuse me. That's the hit new term. Direct message. Yeah, no I, you, you recommended bandwidth D. Bandwidth D is still it's it hasn't been maintained in a long time, but it, I think it still works. I'm sure it would work. We, I, we honestly, did an episode on bandwidth accounting though. But if kind you, if of, you really I thought wanted, we talked about it in the context of radius. We mentioned radius, but it wasn't the entirety of it. But I was going to say if you really want to get a good idea, because that travels no matter which machine. Like it all depends on if you're looking for the machine or the person. Well, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, what I want to know is if I could go back to my employer and say, look, this is how much bandwidth I'm using. Oh, so you want a grand total kind of a thing. Well, for me, actually. Okay. Yeah. Because I know no fucking oh, for... public school is going to give us any money for the amount she's using. I, I see. But you're... if I could yeah. milk my employer for some of the cost, then I'm into that. You better hope they're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I don't care if <laughs> they are. But it's fair. If it's you fair. expect me to work from home, you should be contributing somehow. They didn't buy me shit for my home office. Right. Right. Meanwhile, right. you know... I'm not using my office at work right now. They're saving money on electricity. Mm-hmm. They're saving money on all kinds oh, of man. things. Like oh, I man. recently Let's... just saw a job <laughs> posting somebody shared with me 
And they were like, hey, look at this. This is really cool. And they were pointing out to me that it's a company that's now switched to full remote. And post-COVID, they're intending to stay full remote. And when you get hired, they give you like a $2,000 stipend to build your home office. Now, that includes your computer. Yeah. That's not bad. But though. I mean... That's no, actually I mean, not bad at all. To get really. a decent desk and like a nice chair and a light and a monitor yeah. and a computer, like that's a really good gig. But think about yeah. how much money they're saving on fucking rent and stuff. Like that's huge. That's such well, a smart even, thing to do, I think. Even just turning the lights off in these buildings that had to have lights on all the time. Yeah, is, for like emergency is, purposes and shit. It's like $10,000. I'm going to quick jump in right here because it's, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, I know it's not my turn, but I am going to mention one of my predictions was a huge boom post COVID of telecommuting only businesses. Oh. Ten out of ten. I firmly believe that that will happen. I hope yeah. it does. There's this no year, reason. Like the, it's already happening in the next, yeah, in the next six months. Yeah. Like people are already moving that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well I think that might be like a much less weird model. It's done now out of necessity. But you yeah. don't see a lot of new businesses starting yeah. up with that. And you know, I actually read something recently that was like, you know, saying like Working from home because of the pandemic is not being a full remote employee, and they're different. And I think it's true because the That's companies who are, yeah, well, well, oh, yeah, the they, companies, they, the, they lack the infrastructure, and they kind of turn the it infrastructure, the proper, yeah. you know, you have to work harder to build work culture and do all kinds of things. So yeah, yeah, and now I don't think it's gonna. I don't think you know brick and mortar offices are going to go away because there are people who do no. enjoy working with others. And as we saw with, yeah, I can never remember the name of it. There's some startup that specialized in like co-working spaces. They're, uh, they're well, fucking done, but do you, I, I don't think that's the route we're going to head, but I think there will still be office options available, but I don't know what it, it'll, it'll look like. Cause people do like working together. I mean, we already really talked about this mm-hmm. way back. I think last season I talked Maybe. about this Chinese firm that did the study. Yeah. Yeah. 500, 500, people who work from home I link to it yep and they save yeah make sure you link to it this time again too but i'll just link I to mean, the episode the, yeah sure sure but i mean my point is like they realized how much money they were saving just in rent alone mm-hmm. you know Which, utilities everything yeah rent utilities power right. having to have supplies water like supply toilet paper water soap mm-hmm. and, and with this infection that's going around right now Right, we're going through fucking hand sanitizer and shit and masks. Hand sanitizer, masks. I mean, if you have to provide all those things, that's an extra cost on top of all those other things. Let's keep people at home. Mm -hmm. What the hell? And even you can even see a huge difference even if you only have some employees there full time. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, especially if you're renting space, Mm. if you could cut your rented space in half or something, I mean, that's a huge savings. Yeah. Sorry, exactly. Peyton, I think we kind of derailed whatever mm. you were saying a little. No, no, that's fine. No, no. I, I kind of interrupted yours a little bit, and I apologize for that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Do either of you have any other predictions? Well, I thought I'm surprised because Peyton had some interesting ones like flying cars and shit, mm-hmm. which is fine. I thought we were focusing more on things like in our field, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I envisioned it. But technically, well, you know, flying cars are tech, so, you know. Yeah, I so... Mean, Someone's got to run the servers that keeps the cars flying. I mean, (laughs) okay. So I have another one. I have another one. Completely wireless servers. Okay. Power internet. That idea scares the shit out of me, but I do see it. I do see that as a possibility. I see it a lot less as the power thing, but like networking wise, I could totally see it. Yeah. Well, that's partly why it scares the shit out of me. But yeah, the power would be tricky to do, but. Well, it would it would be like you know like oh wireless phone charging is not really wireless it's induction induction yeah well I yeah. mean if you if you line a rack with induction coils 
and you yeah. put the contacts or the receivers, I guess, on the side of the units. Yeah, I mean, it's like, still a cool it's idea. Doable. Like, you fucking rack it, you can pull be... it out. It's like a whole hot pluggable unit, yeah. right? Well, I mean, that's essentially what a blade server is, Jathan. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but but there's still a a you know a a backbone of sorts to it. Uh huh. A backbone? No, no, it's a whole, it's a whole, yeah. You, you Jay Sam predicts you, blade servers in 2021. <laughs> bro, you just invented a blade server. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, in bro. this case, it would be the entire blade that could be removed. The entire, yeah, the, you know, the whole host. server. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The chassis. So I have one mm-hmm. that I think might be a little controversial. Okay. Okay. But one that I have in particular written down here is I think that we're going to see. AMD starts to take market share from Intel and server space. Absolutely. 100%. And I'm happy about it, first of all. I would agree with that, too. Because you have a time frame on that? Do you think it'll happen? I would say three to five years. Well, here's what I'll tell you is... Super competitive. I would say one to three. Yeah, no, you can already buy them. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can buy... Like, you can buy a Dell machine right now that has AMD shit. But it's in the minority, but... It's in the minority, yeah. yeah. But I think as people start doing it, because it's also cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. Like... AMD has been cheaper than Intel for fucking years. Now, there are downsides, right? Like, traditionally speaking, AMD processors run hotter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true of their server class stuff, but if you're talking about cooling an entire data center, will the cost offset matter when you're talking about needing more cooling mm. to maintain a temperature, right? So, you know, at scale, it becomes an interesting problem. It but, does, yeah. I didn't think about that. But I still think, well, I you don't have a physical data center to manage. <laughs> that's that I still true. Do. That's true. Yeah. I have in the past, but like, no, you're right. Like the, cause that's a long-term cost. That's a perpetual it's a, cost. It's a, exactly. You know, you might buy a hundred machines with AMD processors and save 40 grand, but over five years of you owning them, how much more are you going to spend to cool the room? And then it's further complicated. How often are you adding machines? How many are you, yes. how often are you upgrading them? So yeah. now the other thing that it boils or factors into that, and this is not super Bo- relevant. It boils the pun because of the boiling <laughs> hot. No, okay. no. But like my data center is primarily from solar Mm -hmm. so like we don't actually pay the same amount for that cooling i also you know consciously it doesn't bother me as much to use more of it now i know that's not credits or is it like direct solar because i'd be very surprised if it was the latter or the former uh, no it's more of the latter okay okay yeah but Wait, wait, wait 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 what were you saying solar would become more popular well i think it will but that's not what i was saying no i was saying that I think the cooling issue is less if you're not necessarily paying for the electric. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, if yes. you have your own solar, you might not care as much about that or whatever. But anyway, that's kind of a, a, an offshoot from the actual prediction. So, yeah, you asked about time frame. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think right now we're starting to see major manufacturers pick it up as an option. Mm-hmm. It's also the first time that AMD has had anything server class in a while that's really, like, caught any attention and it's the first time that they really focused on competing with intel since they were their own company but we already see them kicking intel's ass in the desktop world right oh no right like it's just i mean and the other thing that i think is a big part of this is like you know think about an intel cpu vulnerability dropping and how much money that means for someone like amazon Mm, yeah yeah and Intel so has lost imagine, a lot of rep with recent stuff. Yeah, well, they, I mean, the last five years, we've had fucking Spectre. We've had Meltdown. Oh, man. We've this... had, like, five major CPU vulns that we've had to take downtime and patch for. Yeah. So if AMD actually does a better job and manages it and well, that I think were, that that's going to be... Not that they were totally invulnerable to a lot of those attacks, but they did have a lessened scope. For they had a lessened yeah, scope. Yeah. And I think that 
in general, they release products a little bit slower than Intel. Put but a little I bit think more that they release a better product. You know what? I'm going to go well, on the record and their, say this. Except for their tri-core processors that they do. Uh, they uh, quad- what? <laughs> I digress. I'm that gonna, was a long time. I'm going to go on the record and say this because it's there's no way to prove it or disprove it. Uh-huh. Alternate parallel universe type thing. If ATI <laughs> never bought AMD, oh, I think they already would be competing for server space with Intel. Oh, man. Oh, man. I got to tell you, I think you're probably right. Like, ATI had this great vision. Or AMD bought, bought ATI, card. rather. Sorry. Because when they bought ATI... Sure. Sorry, I mixed them up. When AMD bought ATI, they put a lot more stock into developing their ATI branch than they... You yes. know, they kind of put their yes. own processor line on hold for a yep. little bit. So, yep. I think if they never did that, if they never did the merger or, or the buy, I forget which one it was, yeah. I think they would be a lot further along in the server space now. But, I mean, it sounds yeah, like I mean, they've recovered to the that. point where they, they're ready to go again, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's my first one that I have for sure. Mm. It's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting one. It's kind of relevant to something happening at work right now. So mm. that is really why I thought of it. Sure. I really only have one other here, but that is kind of the idea of modular computing, I guess is what I'm going to call Aren't it. Aren't they already modular? They're pretty modular, but I think, but still the model is when a server breaks, you throw it out and you get a new one. Mm. Like, it's not super often we're replacing parts. So, I guess, really, the first step in that would be to just get rid of the chassis altogether and just rack the components. Well, and if you've ever seen, if you go to Google and look at what a rack at, like, Facebook looks like, that's what they already do. Interesting. That probably helps a lot so it's basically too. It's like a total open-air rack with components just, like, in the rack. Huh. I think we're going to start to so see that. Cooling for that. It might. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it would, because that's... You get well, passive Google and, and active. Google cool just there. runs a hotter data center and then replaces things. Well, with yeah. <laughs> right. Now, so so the problem just, is, I think that's going to go out of style because I think, I hope, and this is obviously a personal and a little bit of a political view, but I mean, mm. we're going to start to see global warming really take a front and center stage. Mm. So I think a couple of things are going to happen. One, I think the remediation modular computing it, thing you mean is going to be more apparent. The what? The remediation, attempted remediation for it is going to be more apparent. Well, and I think just it's going to be driven by pressure from consumers, right? Yeah, I agree with sure. that. Yeah, I and see so that. I think and that lobbyists, we're going to demand... lobbyists out there for... Yeah, the, the people are going to demand some level of transparency. Like, how do you actually recycle your computer parts? Do you toss something out when it's broken, or do you try to replace it or fix it or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I think... I mean, I would hope we're going to start to see... Otherwise, their capacity shrinks, but... Right. So I think we're going to start to see a shift towards more friendly components that can more easily be replaced and repaired and stuff like that. Modularity would be like increased modularity would be a good first step for that. I think that's. Yeah, I think so, too. Because really, there's no reason for that chassis. It just sucks up. Well, just just in general, having spare parts like CPU fails. If you could like plug a new CPU in somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then take the other one like, okay, it's out of the rack now. I can go look at it on my own time and fix it or whatever. Mm. Or send yep. it off to somebody to fix. I think that's that's a much more efficient that way of doing it. So efficient the other thing though efficient in terms of apparent cost, but I feel like you would have to send it off to people who specialize in microprocessors. And I then totally that would agree. be a huge extra cost. So I don't but, I don't know how viable that is from a business perspective. But I agree. For most people, but when I'm talking, you know, like Facebook, Google, Apple, mm-hmm. people who have millions of servers, they probably would have that service in-house in some capacity, yeah. I think. Yeah, probably. That's true. Now, so the other thing is, I think that as a result of that, I think we're going to see computing costs 
go up again. Hmm. A lot? A little? Well, the supply chain's currently fucked, and still. (laughs) And, you know, since everybody had to work from home, everybody bought computers. So, like, there's an increased demand and a lower supply. So that's going to happen inevitably anyways. Well, and and I'm not just talking computers, but computing. Computing, yeah, yeah. Using EC2 is going to cost more, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, and usually, well, usually that's what happens when consumer electronics go up, you know, the corresponding... Yeah. servers and other architecture that they associate with also go up but yeah no that's, yeah. So that's probably going to happen those are my two big ones that i had written down okay you know and again i didn't i like them i didn't realize we were doing any tech predictions i thought we were more so focusing on things that were like very directly well, in our field that's how sort of i intended thing. it but I'm, I'm glad we took it a more general direction but well we ended up talking about internet bandwidth so right yeah sure not to be confused with Brent's I, I, server, I, which is not the internet. Well, I think it's, it's, I think it's a good it's part of the internet. for banter. I mean, yeah, you know, no, because it's, it's yeah, actually yeah. relevant banter. It's, yeah, it's, it's relevant banter. It's good banter. It's, it's I think... Uh, the bants. The bants. The bants. That's right. All the bants. Great bants. I think bands. seven years, ten years, something like that, I think PHP is going to yeah. die out. PHP? Yeah. No what? fucking way. What? No, you're I think wrong. the only reason... Wrong. I think new php release <laughs> i think new php releases are going to slow down and then stop and then the no. only re- i'm not going to say it's going to go uh, okay. away dude pearl's I, not I even have, dead i have an i have another projection no i know I well P- well pearl pearl 5 is dead but there are people still using pearl do you see how that works so i think there's still going to be people stuck on php for legacy reasons but i think php itself is going to die i have another prediction it's kind of a shot in the dark but uh, yeah what's your prediction in 20 years, Java will be gone. Oh, I hope so. It needs no anyway. way. 20, 20 years. It'll happen tomorrow. <laughs> and I also think Ruby on Rails is going to die within five years. Ooh. Oh, well, I Ooh. hope so. Ooh. Fucking A. Every Python framework ever is better than Ruby on Rails. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Like, every developer says, like, oh, I love Ruby. But the problem is when you mm. look at the actual numbers, its adoption rates mm-hmm. suck. Nobody's yeah. actually doing shit with it because you can't do shit with it. I'm sure there's still people who are using it. Well, yeah, but they're like most of them are pet projects. So, like, I think Ruby's gonna die. What was that project that was the guy was gonna support? It was Python too. Oh, that was Calibra. Calibra. Oh Calibra. yeah, the, the to Python three, by the way, I believe. I predict that. Oh, he pre- he moved it to Python from what 3? I remember. Yeah, from from what I recall, oh, okay. it's finally ported to to three now. I was gonna say if he, if he hadn't moved if he hadn't migrated, I was gonna say in five years, Calibra will move to Python three. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. Yeah. By the way, guys, if you're still running Python two stuff, it EOL'd in January. Stop. So Stop that. Get with the program. Bad. Naughty. 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 But yeah, I think uh, I think those are my two key ones. I thought of weird that they're programming those languages, are good ones. but yeah, very. Weird. They're, they're I think they're the least. See, I'm going for like the the long shot, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. seem like yeah. that that would happen now. Mm-hmm. But based on the time frames, I'm feeling in five years from now, you're gonna be like, see, I told you. Well, you... See? <laughs> see, fingers crossed. I hope I can. <laughs> Because I'd be happy with all those dying. I would, too. I also Absolutely. think that we're going to see more C-like languages. Or C attempted C replacements. We'll put it that way. Oh, interesting. Because do people hate Do you think that's C. because... Well, do, but... Okay, so people hate C. I'm not going to speak to that because I quite like C++. Well, that's not C, though. You would. But... Okay, you're right. Yeah. But do you think <laughs> it's because attempted C replacement languages are 
bad. I don't think I don't want to say bad, but I want to say they're not there yet. Because you saw the whole thing this past week about uh, they're trying to figure out how to get some rust, rust into code the into the kernel. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. That's actually part of what I'm thinking about. Yeah, because you, but I know you don't really like rust. You think it's bad stuff. I think it has its its problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually realize that people who tried rust hated it as much until you pointed that. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. So so Brent and I had a conversation one night this past week that was like. You know, because we were talking about GoLang and Rust mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. And it was just, it was like a survey of developers. That, that's actually like, the conversation really like that led to this topic idea. This idea. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. That was basically like, developers like the idea of Rust, but once they actually try to use it, it's just like a clusterfuck. Like, they, yeah. they can obviously understand it because they've been programming in C and C++ for a long time, but it's not friendly. And trying to do, like, It's friendlier to the is, machine than the developer. Right. We'll put it that way. So yeah, it may it may perform it may outperform C, and leave that not always, but there are some cases where yeah, it does outperform C, but getting there is not fun from what I from right, what like I you're hear. You're gonna gouge your eyes out from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gouge. So yeah, I don't I don't know where Rust is gonna go. Honestly, I feel like it can go either way. I feel like it's really pivotal right now, but it's in no position to overtake C right now as it stands. I think you yeah. would need a whole new language to do that rather than an evolution of an existing language out there. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. No pun intended. But like, we'll yeah, see. yeah, I realized that after I said it out loud, I was like, oh. What you did there, yeah. I see. I see what it. you did. I see. I got it. <laughs> but, uh, we're funny. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know that there's going to be more attempts to replace C. But I don't know if any of them will succeed, and I don't think any of the existing languages are going to be able to. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll find out. It's an interesting yeah. concept. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, it would it would change a lot for sure. But what's that XKCD uh, comic where he's like, we have fourteen versions of a thing. We should create a new one to combine <laughs> them all. We have fifteen <laughs> versions. <laughs> of a... <laughs> I think it, I think it, yeah. I, I forget what context that was, but that's I think that's basically what's going on it was here. A, like it was a coding language or something but i mean the point was we should write one to combine them all and then okay we have to right yeah because everyone else is trying to do that already yeah right exactly yeah yeah and even then i don't think even if it's successfully quote-unquote replaced i don't think it'll go away and not in the way that i don't think php will quote-unquote go away i think c will still continue to exist like erlang exists now and like lisp you know, like there are still machines out there that run these ancient COBOL. COBOL is a great example. It was just in yeah. the news a couple months ago. Yeah. 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 You know, so mean, we, we, there are, we actually, there are still things running COBOL. We were asked if we had anybody who knew COBOL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we these are languages that never really went away because the cost of replacing them would have been too great. And then that cost just builds yearly. This is what technical debt does, the, the financial aspect of it when it has one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I don't think C will ever go away 100%, but I think it will be dwarfed, possibly, by another language that probably doesn't exist currently. Because I know there's yeah. a... And I say that just because I know there's a lot of effort going into trying to make something better than C, and nobody's been able to really do it yet. So, so you know, I, I, I'm not 100% on that, but we'll find out. Who knows what the future holds? The future holds what we make. Okay. I, I guess. I, it was a rhetorical question, and then you, you both went silent, so I didn't, I didn't know if you were trying to think of an answer. Jathan, you doing okay? You're pretty quiet. I'm good. Okay. Can, can we get a woo? Woo! 
<laughs> I love how we use Wu as like a barometer for how well he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, honestly, Seriously. the uh, the booze is kind of hitting me in a way that's like making me a little sleepy. Uh, the, booze. the booze. What kind of what kind of rum do you have, Bacardi? Bacardi. Yeah. That's that's right, pretty well, much the, we'll, the, we'll the up. choice for. Do either of you have any other predictions you want to make? Fun, silly ones, serious ones. Jathan will be taken seriously in greater than five years. <laughs> okay. I kid, Jathan. Okay. I kid. I kid. You know I do that with love, buddy. Yeah. I'm taken seriously right now by the people who <laughs> know what they're doing. Anybody who doesn't take me seriously is playing a fucking game. <laughs> Name one person who takes you seriously. My friends. My mom. My Name mom. My mom Name says that I'm really Name smart, guys. <laughs> Name one friend. <laughs> my, mom's, well, my mom tells me I'm. Your mom tells me I'm handsome. So, well, she says your mom tells me, me uh, <laughs> you know, that I'm good looking. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I think with that, we're gonna. I remembered this time. We're gonna bring it into our next segment. <laughs> so, Jathan, if we have 15 data centers, 26, and they're all solar- what kind of power? Well, I was gonna say, and they're all solar powered. Okay. How many facilities are going to fail because they forgot backups, <laughs> backup UPSs, and there's an eclipse? Uh, honestly, man, I, you really threw me for a loop there. I don't remember the numbers. All 15, of them. All of them, too. Just say 15. Hey, do you know the state that has the most solar power right now? Probably Arizona? either Colorado or Arizona. New Jersey. No shit. Yep. That is really surprising. Yep. No way. Yep. Wait. Hmm. How? I, I don't know. They have a lot. They have a lot of solar panels. God, a Jesus lot. Christ. My headphones are fucking electrocuting. <laughs> <laughs> if they were solar powered, like Jason, you wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> okay, Jason, give us your clams. Mm hmm. So, I don't know the last time we talked about uh, monitoring and metrics and alerting and all these oh, things, I but I know shit. that we did. Hey, shut up. <laughs> and so I know boring. that we. Sorry, Why? keep going, keep going. I'll link to the episode where we did. Okay, what's boring? I just, like, I want to do stuff and build stuff. I take stuff. that back, by the way. Oh, wait, this is... What? Do you want to what? I just want to do stuff and build stuff. I don't want to look at stuff. Okay, sure, but shut the hell up. <laughs> Some people really like looking at stuff. I know, especially sea levels, and I, under- I understand the importance of it and how useful it can be, but that doesn't mean I don't find it interesting. That doesn't mean I find it interesting. Okay, well, Brent doesn't do any monitoring, as it turns out. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Bored. What I said was I don't find it interesting. Not that I don't do it. Anyway, the last time we talked about it, I'm very certain we talked about Prometheus mm. specifically. Mm-hmm. So if you've worked with so. Prometheus, you know that it is, you know, there's Prometheus, which is actually kind of like the server component. And then you have different exporters that you run on your nodes or in different places in your infrastructure, and they publish metrics. And then the Prometheus server scrapes those metrics at a defined interval, and you know you can draw pretty graphs with the data or look at it or whatever you want to do. I hate that they call right. them exporters, by the way, because that just makes me think of variables. Well. Environment variables. I'm sorry you have feelings. <laughs> okay, keep going. I mean, what do you want me to keep do? Going. I didn't write the fucking thing. <laughs> Fair. So in my opinion, one of the things that really sucked about Prometheus previously is it did not support SSL without some kind of proxy. Mm -hmm. And like, you're not going to run a proxy on every one of your clients that you want to scrape. Oh, even the, oh yeah, because you need it on the exporter and on the server. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, it didn't even really have support 
good support, in my opinion, for like basic auth. Mm. So if you wanted to publish metrics, the only method you had for securing them was firewall rules, basically, mm. which was a bummer. I mean, to be fair, could, you, you most of the metrics... Nginx reverse proxy it? Well, that's the problem, oh, unless you wanted to run the proxy side. on every client, yeah. right? Because it's a it's a pool operation. How do they? How did that fucking make it past QA? How did they not realize? I don't, oh, we should probably add authentication of some sort or authorization. Well, Basic has been working for a good amount of time. Basic auth. Yeah, I thought you just said it. It sucked in it though. Well, it just it didn't feel good to me. Okay. And also, if you're sending okay. your basic auth over plain text anyway, it's just not a good no, idea. No, it's, it's done. It's pointless. Right. Yeah. So for me, I have been working with Prometheus for a while. I have been working with firewall rules to secure my Prometheus as best I could. Also, to be fair, the metrics I'm exporting, I don't really give a shit if they're found because it's like, <clears throat> oh, wow, I can see you guys are almost out of RAM. Like, oh, okay. Mm. So now I have the dashboard telling me and some asshole down the hallway who spoofed <laughs> or, you know, listen to my network traffic. Like, thanks, asshole. Right. <laughs> I didn't notice. So for me, it was not a huge deal, but I did think it was a kind of a severe limitation, you know? You could, you could send, yeah, I mean, you could create false reports. Yes, sure. And that, there's options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not 100% pointless, but, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. it is if it's basic auth over plain text, but. Right. So the thing here is it did limit some of the things that I was doing with Prometheus and where I ran it and for what. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't about to write any custom exporters for anything because. You're lazy. You know, the things that. No, mm. because the things that I would want to cover with a custom exporter, I wouldn't want to be exposed publicly. Uh, okay. So anyway, all that to say, there has been a release, and it was a bit of a time ago, but I just got back to personally messing with it and stuff. A release of Prometheus 1.0 mm -hmm. that introduced the ability to do basically TLS cert auth mm. from servers to clients and, and oh, stuff like that. Oh, that's why you were asking about it. Yeah, yeah, because I was reading about it, and I basically have a small bit of my infrastructure I intentionally left off of my Prometheus infrastructure because right. I didn't want to expose those particular things. Mm -hmm. But now that I have an option, I have to obviously build a salt state to grab certs from Vault and all that stuff. But for anybody who, you know, may have had concerns about the same thing or just is using Prometheus, but, you know, maybe this is something you want to add, I just wanted to kind of point out that it is there. And, you know, I do highly recommend using Vault as a, a backend for creating your certs for Prometheus mm -hmm. node exporter clients and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of it. I guess, you know, open for discussion, though, like, I guess I don't necessarily understand why most people do want to secure their monitoring. Like, it depends what you're monitoring. So it helps guarantee the integrity of the notification uh -huh. so it's not just the off but right. the actual like yes. yeah because integrity is another very important aspect of of encryption i didn't even think about that yeah i mean i'm an idiot but what <laughs> yes that's you are. actually i think that was actually the primary purpose of x509 when it was first developed it wasn't so much for the encryption but it was to cryptographically secure identification and you know integrity thereof so i would say that's probably the best reasoning to use for that but yeah, if you do have sensitive data in your monitoring alerts going over the wire, that would be another benefit to having that. Why is for why they why a lot of monitoring systems don't do that? Couldn't tell you. CPU consumption, RAM consumption is my guess, but you know. Mm -hmm. But even then with with like 825519, yeah, it's still new-ish. It's not really new, but like it's got limited implementations. But like that's so much easier on the processing. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, 
Well, we've talked about this before. What? Uh, well, you know, just in general, I think mm-hmm. it would be reasonable to run a monitoring service that was totally just over SSH. Mm. Authentication and the SSH overhead would be my... Because, okay, so with SSH, right? It depends what you're monitoring and... Well, think about what SSH is, right? It's designed for interactive logins. You don't have to use it for that, but it's designed for that. It uses PAM for authentication, which can be slow. I mean, in in computer terms, not necessarily human terms, but computer terms, it can be slow. And it adds all sorts of extra authentication on top of the regular TLS. So I don't know that that would be the right answer for this. I'm not saying it's the best answer. I think it's an answer. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I think it's... Not a good answer, but it's, yeah, it's an answer. I mean, it's, it's doable. <laughs> it's maybe not a good idea, but it's doable. I don't think it's the worst idea. No, the worst idea would be plain text or like fucking RSA 512, 1024. I don't think there, I don't think there was an RSA 512. RSA 1024 or like, you know, with an HMAC of like SHA-1, you know, so like sure. it could be a lot worse. Sure. But it's, sure. it's maybe not good enough for prod. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that your 15 plans? That's pretty much it. I wanted to point out that that feature was available. It's another thing. I don't really believe in monitoring for personal infrastructure, but... Depends how big you know, your Prome- personal infra is, yeah. Well, Prometheus itself is so goddamn lightweight that I kind of want to set it up just to have the experience and have a working example that I can always refer to, mm-hmm. you know, outside of work. So you may see a couple of blog posts or some videos about me setting those types of things up. That's not just another plug for the content I've been pushing lately, but, you know, if it's something you're genuinely interested in. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Monitoring, not for personal infrastructure. Configuration management, not for personal infrastructure. Oh, I would use config management for personal. You would or you do? Would. I would like to. I'll put it that way. It's it's on on the list of personal projects. Probably salt. For personal infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is so overkill. No, it's if anything, well, it's I would use Ansible. But, well, see, because I don't, I don't like of... Ansible's just kind of burned me. Like it's good for a oh, really small it... network. You're right; it would be acceptable to use. You also don't need to run a whole fucking salt master. Yeah, but you still need somewhere to push from Ansible from. Yep, you sure do. You wouldn't need a salt. You wouldn't need an agent on the machines, but you well, still need you to could set always up have... SSH off. You know what I mean? Well, so... or you could just have. No, you could run it just as a standalone on the client. Like, have a Git repo that's like... Well, then what's the point of that, Jason? It's easier to write okay, than a let me, script, let me say why potentially. I, let me say why I would want config management for my personal infra. So things like uh, keeping Arch up to date, because all my personal infra is Arch. So keeping the packages yeah. up to date would be a lot easier. Why Installing would, a new you would package literally just... on all of them. Like, say I discover some new new utility. For you, it would be Showtraff. You could install Showtraff on all of them at once. So you'd always have them available. The appeal of Showtraff is that it was available on a free BSD machine. Okay. Well, whatever, Jaython. The point is, do you get what I'm saying? No. So you're going to use Salt to run a Pac-Man update? I would use a config management, and I like Salt. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I don't... I've turned off... It seems overkill for personal shit. No, no, it does. But you know what? So does running LDAP for personal shit. But I've found it very useful. So does Radius. I have considered doing that as well only for the learning purpose, but Mm. not for real purposes. Well, so, yeah, so I start doing stuff like that, and then I realize, oh, this is actually really useful because now I can do Y since I have X. Yeah, but you're a fucking insanity. (laughs) You're you're nutty. (laughs) I'm nutty? 
Okay. You are. The fucking things that you just do, just like, oh, well, it's working now. Like, it just blows my fucking mind. Like, I would never turn up personal LDAP. I would not fuck with Radius for personal use. Like, these are things that I would do on a one-off basis. Like, I would stand up a server and run LDAP and then, like, make some queries against it. Be like, okay, cool. I know how to install and run open LDAP now. I'm going to turn it off. You don't. You haven't grokked it yet. Until you grok it, you can't claim knowledge of the thing. You can say, Welcome back to Salt with Dennis Trivia. (laughs) Well, we're not even talking about Salt. We're talking about LDAP. (laughs) Right. Welcome back to Deldap Administrivia. Right. So part of running the things regularly. We are an hour and 15 in the wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. We're, I, I want yeah. to close this up. No, I part. agree with that. You don't. And that that is one thing. So like, you know, you've been giving me shit about this whole like ZFS on Linux kick lately and stuff like yep. that. But I think that, you know, it's hard for me to make an informed opinion about it if I don't do it. No, that's so, like, right. I, most I, of my shit given you it was running it on a like two dollar vps instead of a vm well i wanted to get the install process down and test it without nuking my laptop sure i could do it with a vm just do it locally but what i really want to do now is actually just what i really want to do is actually just rebuild my laptop with zfs okay well why because why i thought you in the episode you literally said that you think it's not a good idea so like Mm, i didn't say that you did for a laptop Yes. Yeah. You yes, said you it was did. dumb for a laptop. Yes, you did. But I think it's you dumb did. for most people. No, you said for laptops. But like you, no. you, I think you literally said I would never do it for a laptop or something. If I'm remembering correctly. But okay, here's what I'm suggesting. Here's what I'm suggesting. You can literally. There are. It's recorded. We can go back and listen to it. But <laughs> okay, but go listen to. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 snake. He's like. Or something. <laughs> I think specifically, I'm trying to think of where I just was talking to somebody about this. Okay, well, um, I'm just uh, I'm gonna say this. Set up like a, a. I think it might just be in the YouTube video that I I, I was made. Uh-huh. I think I specifically said in it that I don't think most people would benefit from having Arch on ZFS on a laptop. Now, I also don't think I would necessarily benefit, but I think I don't know until I try. And because I'm the kind of person who wants to continue learning and delving into these types of things, I would do it. So here's what I'm suggesting. Get yourself like some nice little like shuttle PC or like a fuck, even like a NUC or something, right? Throw a bunch of storage on it, a bunch of external storage on it. Turn it into a media server. Use ZFS on that because that's where you're really going to get a better understanding Correct. of what benefits you could have right like yeah you use zfs and well, you work as yes. a storage you know like you're basically a storage yeah, right but you would use it every day in that case yeah right and yeah, you well, wouldn't yeah okay you wouldn't have to deal with the operational overhead of zfs on your laptop i don't yep. think there's any overhead really but well you say that until you know some arch update breaks it i but, think you're yes yep, i think you're mistaken as well uh, no i think it'd be fine but the other thing oh, okay. is Oh, you know what? It was in an IRC channel. But anyway, I think that, you know, that that's the same thing with LDAP, though. Like, I could start, turn up an LDAP server tomorrow, mm-hmm. and that's great. But, like, okay, so I put it on a Linode, also, and it's got... Yeah, well, so part of having an LDAP, uh, an LDAP and Salt, for instance, in my personal infra and Pixie, it means I can turn up a VM and immediately be able to log in with a pa- the same password everywhere. Right. I get that. Right. But my point is, I would then have to go and convert everything to use it, and then if I decide mm. to get rid of it, then I have to fix everything back. It just doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. Yeah, 
I don't know. I that's probably like, I, part of the issue is it's a very personal thing. Like how do you how automated do you want yeah. your personal infra? Well, and how do you best learn doing those types of things? Sure. And what are you even interested in accomplishing? See, For well, me, yeah, you, you, you know, the whole point. Doing, I do I after do. I learn. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, I don't have an interest in maintaining like a huge home lab with a whole bunch of shit in it. Yeah, I don't need to maintain it. it that much. No, but I mean, just in general, like, like I mean, I just, it, but I don't need to maintain. It. I would much rather spin up like a Linode for a week, work on a project. You know, save the relevant configs and scripts and stuff like that, mm. and turn it back up if I want to. But I don't have a need to keep it on. Like, well, that, I mean, that's why I I do it in a VM because it's zero cost, right, other than the electricity. Uh, okay, fractions of a cent, <laughs> compared. So to... is a Linode for a week? Not for a week. A five dollar Linode for one week? No, is a dollar twenty five. That's not fractions of a cent, and that okay. adds up over time depending on how much. Well, your electric's on. cheaper than mine. That's true too. So I, I save even more. It's a smaller fraction of a cent than it would be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a Linode. So, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, put me, it's always going to be cheaper to, to do it on a local VM, regardless. I don't think that's true. No, it absolutely is true. true. <laughs> yeah. No, it's You've not just true. proved that. You've just proved that. No, I, I'm saying I, if I turn on this fucking rack mount sitting next to me for a couple you'd of have hours. To, you'd have to turn up a Linode for one second and then delete it. No, the video that I okay. just made and published okay. was like two hours of work and it was like three cents. All right, I'll teach you how to map sometime. <laughs> this has been System Minister. I'm Brett. <laughs> I'm John. And I'm Pete. See you around.